Hello, 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 drama listeners. I am coming here at you before the episode today with the fantastic Major Attaway from Aladdin on Broadway, as well as the voiceover of so many animated characters, just to let you know about our Patreon. We fondly call it Patreama. It is a bonus platform where you can help support the podcast through a monthly subscription of $5, but it gets you access to our close friends on Instagram, as well as access to Let's see, at this point, there's probably over 50 bonus episodes, and we release maybe two to four of those monthly, and right now, we're currently in our way-too-early Tony's Predictions series, where we're talking about everything going on in pop culture, but also making some fun theater predictions. So if you're into that, the place to be is in the link in our bio, where you can subscribe to our Patreon, and you will also get our everlasting love and devotion. All right, now on with the show. Press play, curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin the shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater. Pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Dylan, I cannot let the month go by without talking about something that I forgot to mention on a recent episode. Okay. We saw Trouble in Mind at Roundabout at the American Airlines Theater. I am so happy that you got to see it with me. That was such a a a last minute. Yeah, total fluke. I loved it. And I have also seen it previously. They did it at Ohio State where we... (laughs) You know, famously went to school. Okay. And for years, I kept saying, Connor, you've seen it. You've seen it with me. I know. Why did you think that, though? Because then I was convincing myself that I'd already seen it. I must have had to attend the play for, like, a theater class I was taking. And I think one of my professors was in it or something like that. And I absolutely loved it. And it was even better with LaShawn's leading leading the helm on Broadway. Okay. And the girls are not talking about LaShawn's enough. I mean... I know. She is giving everything in this performance. That act two moment. The monologue. The monologue. <gasps> and you told me at intermission, you were like, things really reach a breaking point. You, yeah. you warned me. Now, I do think I remember it being a three-act play. But I, that, I, I, maybe they adjusted. I, I don't know for certain. They probably did. People love doing that. Remember Torch Song did that when it, with its recent mm-hmm. revival. They switched it to two. But it yeah. was in or two like, acts. Or like the Ferryman, there's a brief pause. Oh, right. I forgot about the brief pause. I don't like the brief pause. It's jarring. It is. I don't understand what it's for. Who is it for? Who is the pause for? Listeners, write us in. Who is the pause (laughs) for? But no, I want to say about Trouble in Mind, LaShawn should be starring in everything that's ever been on Broadway before. She is like, it's like when you're seeing her in a show, you feel like you know her. You're so comfortable yeah. with her. She's got such a warm presence about her. And thanks to your genius job, we were able to get really good seats. And so we were really up close in the action. And I have to say the rest of the supporting players were amazing. We saw two understudies as well. Yes, that female understudy who I, I should get her name and mm-hmm. like tweet about her because she was amazing. But of course, we got to see Chuck Cooper, who is always like like LaShawn's. You feel comfortable yeah, yeah. when oh, he's on stage. His timing. I know. Out of this And Brandon Michael Hall, who I've had a crush on since the ill-fated TV series, The Mayor. Right, right. <laughs> with, with, um, well, we won't, we won't say who, but anyway. With Leia Michelle. I'm sure he's got a story Not Leia Michelle. But anyways. Well, I'm sure he does because remember when she was canceled and then like everyone kind of forgot about it, but she was canceled and yeah. remember Yvette Nicole Brown like shadily tweeted about 
Yes. Knowing what um, Alex Newell was talking about on Twitter. And it was like definitely about their time on the mayor, which is hysterical. But YNB tells no lies. Okay, listen, we're talking about performers that have a, a warm presence, amazing smiles, this this gravitational pull. And today we have one of those phenomenal performers with us. Oh my gosh. Months in the making, years maybe even in the making. Wait, you're not lying. Because this guest was one of those crop of people who the podcast was finally gaining steam. Uh-huh within our first like six months. And we were, we were finally booking people beyond having to beg people. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. And so there, the, this just didn't happen, but now it is. The moment we've been waiting for. Here we go. Our guest today is out of the lamp at last. As the longest running genie in Aladdin on Broadway, you surely know the star as the triple threat Disney icon who slayed the stage for three years at the New Amsterdam Theater. He also played Fatty Arbuckle in the New York City Center Encores production of Mac and Mabel in 2020, just before the pandemic. Regionally, our guest has starred in Ragtime, Big River, Hot Mikado, Stagger Lee, Hands on a Hard Body, Little Shop of Horrors, Ain't Misbehaving, and Frosty the Snowman as Frosty himself. Our guest is a distinguished voiceover actor, including being the voice of New Calm, as well as lending his talents to One Piece, Pokemon, Borderlands 3, the Pathfinder series, Snack World, Bread Barbershop, Smite, Fairy Tale, Battleborn, and Dragon Ball Z Kai. On his Twitch channel at I Played Major, he live streams games where he plays with and against fans. He was in the Netflix original series Orange is the New Black as Polycon guard Deshaun McAdams, and most recently starred in A Jolly Holiday, celebrating Disney's Broadway hits at Paper Mill Playhouse. On January 31st, you can see him on stage at Feinstein's 54 Below in his original show, Genie's Jukebox, which will be performed live and live streamed. So get your tickets today. Please welcome to drama, Major Attaway. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that introduction. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. How is everyone? How y'all do? Oh, so good. I, I am... I feel so like at ease with you, Major. I don't know what it is. I appreciate that. Um, empathy is the name of my game. So, yeah. mm. you know, I have to ask you something, Major Attaway. Your parents knew you were going to be a star. Well, look, people people like to to joke Come and on. say that, but it I'll take it. But it is yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a family name. My father is also named Major, but I am not a junior. Okay, yeah. okay. So we have different middle names, but it's a, a name that has trickled down through our family since. 1887, I believe. Correct. Reverend wow. Major Howe. Because of the ranking um, in the military? Or no, no. Um, as far as I know, none of them were. I mean, he, he was a reverend, the first one. And um, I met a Laura Major who came before my mother who lived in Chicago. And she was a nice lady as well. Wow. Wow. That is, that's so cool. A reverend. And now you, in a way, you know, preside over a church that is theater. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's so nice to meet you. I'm so glad that we're chatting tonight. Yes. And as you said, um, this has been a long time coming. I'm very happy to be here because we we had scheduled things and then the world did what it did. And now, but you know, things happen when they're supposed to, right? Totally agree. Absolutely. I'm okay with it. With well, that. welcome to Drama Major. We like to kick it off actually by asking our guests how they're doing in the form of, are you well? Ooh, I love that. I'm well enough, you know, I'm, I'm well enough to, to uh, value the present. How about that? Love. I, I actually really appreciate that answer <laughs> because I, I'm on the same page as you. Totally. You know, I just got done with COVID and it was like mostly asymptomatic. So I'm fine. And actually no one else in my family got it, which was like a true miracle. And I'm feeling like, okay. You know, I mean, things are like scary yeah. as hell all around us, but 
I feel like we're almost two years into this pandemic and I, I've got kind of defenses up. Like I know how to make it through the day, right? So I'm feeling okay. Right. I, it feels like at first I was fearful of this transition, but you know, the fact that it's continued, it's, we just grow and kind of I've become all right with it. So yeah. When we originally were supposed to record, this was right, you had finished up Aladdin on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And then you did Mac and Mabel. And then what was supposed to be next for you? Ooh, well, I was, of course, you, you continue to audition. Auditioning is pretty much the job. So when it came to Broadway, uh, I was still auditioning for many a musical. But outside of that, I, I, oddly enough, or ironically enough, I really had to embrace the freedom from leaving the lamp, if you will. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and what I mean is being the genie changes you. You know, you, you learn so many new things about yourself and about uh, what you're capable of and, you know, and about the business and about the work. And I was looking forward to the, to the idea of getting to lean into my versatility. You know, um, all of these other things that based on that skill set, you know, they apply to. I, it was finally time for me to get to ride that wave, you know. And it kind of, it's kind of happening now, but it's still a slow, still a slow burn to get it started. But to, it was, I was ready to do vo- more voiceover work, even though I did mm-hmm. some during Aladdin, but I was ready to, to do it at a higher level, ready to get on Twitch, ready to, to sing. You know, I've never, I've never considered myself a recording artist or had that idea in my mind. And the work I did at Aladdin opened that door. And so I was ready, I'm ready and am now making music. So it's a great oh my thing. God. All those things. Oh my goodness. I love that. Okay, wait, you said something interesting, which is auditioning is the job. I've never heard anybody put it that way, but you're right. You're always, as a, as a performer, I'm sure when you were in Aladdin, you were still auditioning for other things. Yeah, you got all the you know, time. Yes, I've, I had to, for, and this just for me to do the work, to decide that that is the, my favorite part of the job. Mm. And it is because... I kind of have the most power then, you know, I tell the youths when they ask me (laughs) about auditioning, uh, I say, when you're auditioning, you're not asking for permission. It's a negotiation between artists, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you bring what you bring to the table and you're there to see if it fits with their, their plan and their ideas that time. And so then you can have a lot more fun with the way you choose your audition pieces. You know, you don't I'm, like the idea. I remember being younger, the idea of questioning whether or not you should sing something from the show. And mm-hmm. um, it kind of eliminates that issue for me. So I picking audition pieces is a lot more fun uh, from that angle. Yeah. I can only imagine. I'm realizing all of a sudden in this moment that I, I don't know a whole lot about your origin story or what eventually led you to Broadway. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, we ask this of all of our guests. We wonder about that moment of recognition when they realize that they had a love for the performing arts in some way, whether it be performing, appreciating, or even realizing that you wanted a career in it. Do you feel like you had that, that moment? Yes. And I honestly feel like it's two in two parts if you will. It's like how Dune came out in October and they were like, this is Dune. <laughs> and then you go see it and it says Dune part one. Right. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought this so was They just for- Dune. forced you to invest that quickly. But I was like, <laughs> yes. oh, I guess I'm coming back. I guess I'm coming back. <laughs> Your ring of keys moment is Dune part one and part two. And I cannot wait to see, is Zendaya going to do voiceover for us while we do um, if, if we can afford, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> She's okay, a busy anyway, lady. Sorry, I, I interrupted you there, but anyway, so- 
Major's Ring of Keys Part One. All right. So uh, when I was younger, um, I heard a lot of expectations around whatever I was doing, and singing was the only thing where I found peace or some silence in that. For example, before you sing, it's either oh you can sing, sing for us. Oh you can sing, you can't sing. Then you sing. Oh, after you sing, it's oh. You know what? You should be the next, or you should sing this, or you sound great. You should try this. Here's what you should do, though I'm not a singer. All fine. Mm. But I liked the piece that came with the singing. And I found that the only time where there was that silence of that expectation was during the creation of the art, during that moment. I had this experience at like eight years old, right? Wow. So that was the beginning of this is the thing that helps everybody because it, it gives me peace, but it also gives people something to, to, to affect them, right? And so then the second moment where I needed to find, okay, with that feeling, I was always looking for the opportunity to do it. It's what defined my career early on. Let me sing, let me do the thing. I don't care how much it's gonna pay. I don't care where it is. I don't care who's listening. Just let me create, let me try and work on this thing. Fast forward to my first Broadway show. The Lion King in the New Amsterdam Theater, which is, by the way, the same theater that I ended up doing my first Broadway show. You're right. I forgot that they moved. Yes, it was the first place that they did The Lion King. So I'm sitting on the ninth, in the ninth row on the aisle. I still know the seat. Right? <laughs> and watching The Lion King confirmed what I, what I was unsure of. Oh, this is a job. This is a legitimate thing. They come, they wake up every day and they go do this thing. I've been trying to do this forever. I didn't know this. I didn't know this was an existed. I could really do it. And so that was the moment where I said, oh, I'm this is what I'm supposed to be doing in, in some, some capacity. This is, this is it because it, it answers the question of how can I keep doing this? You know, how can I... Mm -hmm keep myself in that space. So that, that was the moment for sure. That was um, those two together. It was, I was always looking for that, wow. looking for a way to be able to do this all the time. And then Broadway showed me that I could. Ooh. I was so elated when I found out they could do two shows in a day. I said, what? We get to stay here all day? I'm in. I'm so in. So yeah, that was it for me. <laughs> do you remember how old you were when you saw Lion King? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I was 10 years old. I think I want to say it was 2000, 2001, 2001. And um, it was the year I was a I was a member of a Goodwill Ambassadors local touring troupe of Casa Mignana in Fort Worth, Texas. And that was the year that we went to New York and we saw the Tony Awards as well. So I, we were in the nosebleeds, but I was at the 2001 Tony Awards, baby. Wow. That was the producer. Yeah, the right? producer sweep. Oh my goodness. Just amazing. So yeah, yeah. That is incredible. <laughs> Wait, so from, from Texas, that's, is Fort Worth where Jay Armstrong Johnson's from? Oh yeah, we know each other. Okay. That's my buddy. <laughs> he's, he's a friend. He's a friend of ours as well. I'm putting the pieces together because I think you were in or at least one of his Halloween shows. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, maybe three or four years in a row, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping as it grows, I'm hoping to go back to it. You know, everything had to change because of mm -hmm. because of last year, or the year before, you know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he and I actually grew up doing theater down the street from each other. 
That is so funny. On the same street on Lancaster. I was at Casa Mignana and he was um, at Kids Who Care. Yep. Kids Who Care. That that sounds familiar because I think he talks about that on his his live album that he in his solo show that he did at 54. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think, is it, wasn't that area sort of a hotbed of talent? Oh, that you grew oh up? yeah, yeah. Quite a few people. Uh, one Tiffany Band. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, icon, icon. And speaking of Tiffany Man, she's actually going to be the the special guest for the Genie's Jukebox when I do it in Fort Worth, in Texas, because oh, we're both locals. God, that's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. A little hometown heroes concert. That's right. Oh, there's a lot of people from the area. Uh, Akron Watson, who's been in a few different a few different Broadway shows. He's also played Burr in Chicago. And Hamilton. Yes. Wasn't Todrick Hall from that oh, area? Oh, yeah, too? yeah. He's from Arlington, which is where I was born. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I met him at wow. an early age as well. <laughs> That's something's fun. in the water. And all of these all of these right? experiences really shaped you. But it's it's crazy to think that, you know, you can bring your, your show back home now. I'm sure that a lot of people who haven't been able to make it to Broadway or see you do other things, it'll be really special. Yes. We, well, we've actually, we've done one there. But the, the Genie's Great. Jukebox is special because it's... It can be themed to anything that needs to happen because it's the genie. He does what he wants, right? So our first show was Warped Wishes, where we did a Halloween show, which is all about me wanting to become a Disney villain, which in truth, I want to be a Disney villain. So um, it kind of works <laughs> together like that. But this time we're, it's February. So we're, we're celebrating love in all of its forms. Um, the set that we're doing is all Disney. Uh, well, not necessarily all Disney songs, but we're covering um, self-love. We're covering romantic love and familial love all in the same show. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Dylan and I are twins. We both go, oh my goodness. <laughs> I know, yeah. Wait, so, okay. So obviously, you know, Genie's Jukebox, you're going to be doing it at, at the aforementioned 54 below yeah, on January 31st. Is that the the show, the love theme show? Um, no, it's not because we're saving that for February and it's going to debut in Texas. You are hard working here, switching it up for the audience. I am. I am. Um, this show is a taste of the Disney villain show in a way. It's not fully into Halloween, but it's part explaining to 54 Below because it's the first time we're doing it there, what the Genie's Jukebox is and the reason that it exists, as well as a taste of the of the Disney villain show. So it's a it's a combo moment. Fun. Do you have any special guests lined up for that? I do, I do. Uh, actually, one of my special guests is going to be one of one of the former genies from the tour because it, it is a um, his name is Corey Lee Blasi, and I love him dearly, and we work together at Aladdin. And so, this is all based on. Well, I can tell you the reason. The, the 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 reason that the genies jukebox exists mm-hmm. is because I once I got to Broadway and got to play arguably one of the best roles ever written for the big black man. <laughs> I I saw that my other brothers who were my standbys, who are as capable as I am, you know, we couldn't work together on the same stage in that show. And I also wanted to make a space and create something that existed after you finished your contract of Aladdin, you know, so that you could still celebrate celebrate yourself for all that hard work and share in the Disney love that, you know, lives within so many of us anyway. So between the three of us, Deontay Warren and um, uh, Juwan Allen Crawley, we had a full choir. So the very first two Genie's Jukeboxes that we did while I was in Aladdin were trios and duets and nothing else. Right. Wow. But now we are giving birth to to more um, to more versions of it. Right. So the reason that 54 Below gets its own set list is because every single place gets 
a unique set list, every single um, performance. Consider the jukebox is the planet and every performance in the jukebox is an album in the jukebox. Oh my God, this is such a great idea. And it, you know, it incentivizes your fans to want to keep coming back for the next one. Exactly. You're smart. You're, I mean, between <laughs> this and your um, I Played Major logo that you showed us earlier, I mean, I feel like you're really an entrepreneur. <laughs> it's amazing. We're, we're looking at this. It's, it looks like the Ash Ketchum hat from Pokemon. Nice. Nice. I'll take that. But Major, yours has your very own logo. Yes. This is um, myself coming out of an arcade. It's genius. Right? Because I, that's part of the birth of my love for video games was um, arcades. As a matter of fact, I have one thing that happened to me that kind of is the reason I created the logo. My father was an auctioneer. And he used to take me to lots of auctions and some of them were not as great, not that great, but my favorite one was arcade were arcade auctions. I never even knew that was a thing. Oh, right. <laughs> so uh, early mid nineties, you take a Saturday and you go to a warehouse that is filled to the brim wall to wall with arcade games. All of them are for sale. So they're all free to play because the people there buying them need to know that they work. Mm-hmm. So after one trip, I got wise. I walked in and I would ask the gentleman, where are you ending the day? Where's the last game you're going to sell? And then I would go to that side of the room and I would put a hundred credits on whatever game I wanted to play. And I would proceed to spend my Saturday beating entire arcade games. So and what that were is, some of your favorites? What, what oh would you get to gosh. buy? Uh, Final Fight, uh, Ninja Turtles, X-Men, uh, RoboCop. There were there were a lot. I even even ended up with some arcade games in my house for a while. Uh, wow. When I was yeah. I was, so your was, dad would ultimately bid on some of these games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, everything was to resell. So mm -hmm. they would come live at the house, and I would play them as much as I could and try not to sleep until he sold them again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. I remember that X Men one. If it's yes. the same one we're thinking of from the nineties, it is so fun. The nice, the four player yeah. one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you can pick Jubilee and you can pick. Uh, that yeah, was yeah. where I, that, that I was introduced to Jubilee. That introduced us to all these different characters. This was because this was like right around the, like right before the Hugh Jackman movies. That's and so right. we were like gagged for all these, especially the female characters, no surprise. But we were just so excited about could that. Could you play as Jean Grey in those? I always love her. I want to say yes. I think you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think she shot things out of her okay. face. I love that you also yeah. have this like other ring of keys moment about video games and going to these auctions too. <laughs> like you're so, you're so multifaceted. I try. <laughs> and now you have a, you have a Twitch channel that you're slaying the game on and it's at i played major right yes yes it's called i played major so that when i win uh, i can say major played me right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's connected to to the voiceover life before i was cast in aladdin i was leaning into doing a lot more voiceover work but you get cast in a broadway show and you go do a broadway show right mm -hmm. so the way to enhance what i'm already doing essentially is to play the games that i voice a character in on the channel i play other games as well mind you you know i'm, I'm a what you would call a, a variety streamer so i play what i would like to play and i'm open to taking more suggestions but i'm, I'm a novice when it comes to technology right? But not gaming necessarily. So I'm uh, slowly growing when it comes to having the proper gaming setup and all that stuff. But I'm in my gaming chair. 
Oh, I can tell you've got the setup. It's nice. Right, right. I got I got some things going. The idea is I I'm, I may even want to do some esports gaming announcing as well. You know, I have that this would be incredible. I have this cool idea to be the voice of a video game character that's on the cover of the game, but also be the esports announcer for the tournament of that game. So that I can walk around and pick on the players who aren't playing with me, because obviously I'm, you know, the best. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, that's so fun. Yes, yes. Between esports and you know anime, um, we're talking two billion dollar industries that I yeah. am so grateful to be to even have any type of foothold in. I, I just, I just love it. I love, I love becoming a better voice actor and getting better at at that job. I love that. So when did you even get involved in this? Because I mean, I am literally obsessed with your voice. I don't even want to talk at all because I feel like you have such a cool speaking voice in general. <laughs> when did you realize that you had what it took to be a character mm. or give voice to a character, I should say? Sure, sure. That's a great question because I didn't always have, I would say, the, the, the confidence that it sounds like you may have when, I, when you sound like this. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, no, totally. Yeah. Oh, he obviously knows what he's talking about. Look, <laughs> I believe every word you say, right? <laughs> that sometimes can be a curse, man. <laughs> you never know. Well, let's see. I'm all, always was obsessed with cartoons growing up, but in the theater community in Texas, where um, I grew up doing a lot of theater, what I did was I watched the shows that I liked and watched the credits and saw who made those shows and kind of reverse engineered an audition opportunity. Mm. Um, went online and uh, saw how, saw who made them and how I could be a part of that and then found a wait list for Funimation and just sat on the wait list, you know, and I was comfortable with that, right? Because I said, by the time I get up, it'll be time for me to be ready. And um, I ended up make, making the decision to start doing theater in Dallas more often because I want to um, in, expand my territory. And in the first show I did out there, I ended up working with people who already worked there. And so you have to ask for what you want. And it's exactly how I got to Broadway. And so I told them, I said, well, I want to work where you work and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And they're like, well, we're working with you now. And, you know, you're more seasoned than us on the the theater side only because I've been doing it, you know, since I was a a child. So we'll help you out. And so, you know, some of my best friends to this day are the people who went back in there and essentially moved my name up that list. And they said, give give this guy a shot. And then they gave it to me. And that's kind of, it kind of went from there. Once I was able to land, you know, one role that way, you know, it's easy to, to push, to say, I want everything I can do. So then it moved from teaching materials to like, you know, like, you know, kids listen to a language arts arts thing. I read the story and they had to decide what happened to singing at restaurants, to singing at grocery stores, voiceover work for the Fort Worth Symphony Orchestra. They had, there's a Van Cliburn is, you know, very famous um, pianist from Texas. And somehow he was ill the day that they needed him to record their 100 years of symphony history. And they called me because I had been doing solos with them. They met me through theater, through Jubilee Theater, and had started doing work for them. So that was another thing. I would do whatever I could. Mm -hmm. And that is what I would do. Even to some theater moments, I remember a wonderful production that I was a part of called Titanic Iron and Ice. And it was about the Titanic and it was at a history museum. And I played the voice of the Titanic. 
I thought you were going to say you were the iceberg at first, but I love the role of the Titanic for you. Right. Again, for me, it's, I want to create and I want to just be, be in that, that space. And so the, the venue will never really matter. You know, like there's, we, we hold things at different pedestals and, well, and I say that because I'm commenting on Broadway. And what I mean is the work was the same. People ask, what is it like being on Broadway? And I said, well, doing the thing is the same the, the stakes around you have risen by far mm. you know like in you know in texas sometimes i was wearing my own pants and these pants have swarovski crystals on them so it's a little different <laughs> yeah. but but this what i see here for them to see that's the same that's what i've, I've been working on that since i was eight i was like yeah we can do this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now you mentioned that you, you had to ask for what you wanted and that's what ultimately led you to getting onto broad in Broadway shows such as Aladdin. What was that journey for you in, in booking Aladdin? I, I love this story because I have to remind myself that it actually happened to me. Right? <laughs> Hands on a hard body. We did the Southwest regional premiere. Um, shout out Jay Johnson. Ooh. Shout out to Jay. Right. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> you know, written by Doug Wright. Doug Wright's from Texas. So he comes to Theater 3 where we have our, where we do the show. And he brings cast members from the original documentary that the show is based on, right? Yes. So he just makes it a beautiful moment. We have a conversation. He says, Major, uh, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be the genie in Aladdin on Broadway because you have to ask for what you want. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, you'd be great. Did you know that James Monroe Iglehart was supposed to play your role in my show on Broadway, but instead played the genie? I was like, oh, that's not a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not. There are there no. Are, thank you. And so um, <laughs> there's a Facebook post that still exists that when it shows up again, I reshare it. It's the final day of Hands on a Hard Body. And I am, <laughs> it's the most Texan picture I've ever taken. I'm wearing a Dallas Cowboys jersey and I'm holding, uh, hugging the Nissan Hard Body truck. And in that, in that post, I claim my time in the cast of Aladdin. I say, tell mm. James I'm on my way. Oh my God, I just got the chills. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> the show ends and nothing happens. A month later, I get an email from Doug. He says, oh, hey, Major, I just had lunch with a friend of mine, Thomas Schumacher. And uh, you know, I was like, yeah, casual. Dropped your name um, about replacement genies. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Just if something happens, I want you to know that it was me. I don't want you to be surprised. Great. Thanks. Uh, then two months go by and they email me. Um, Tara Rubin. You know, they're like, okay, they, we kind of know who you are. Here's the packet. Learn this stuff. For, for um, to be the standby um, for Aladdin on Broadway with the genie. Great. I learn it, and then, again, nothing happens. Then they announce auditions for September 23rd, 2015. I have a symphony gig that day. So I reach out to them, and I say, hi, um, I can't make it because I have this thing that, based on the way I work, is the highest-paying gig of my season. Um, they said, no problem. Send us the tape. So the day rolls around. I send them a tape. They call me back in an hour and they're like, hey, tape looks good. Can you come back? Can you come next week for final callbacks? And I said, uh, see, I can't come. I told you I had this thing that I have to do, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't get it. <laughs> 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 and then they call me back. They're like, uh, 
So the director, um, Casey and Tom, will be in the same room at the same time. So you should you should probably you should probably come. Okay, great. Give the gig away. And Disney mm. flies me up, puts me up, and we see the show the day before with five other hopefuls, just like myself. Right? Meet them. All in a row? Yes. And standing room only in the Broadway show. So that that just added to the energy of us watching <laughs> watching for the room. At first, I'm like, oh, it's so generous. They fly you up. They put you up. They got you into the show. And then I'm like, oh, wait, is this like some mind games here? They got all the genie hopefuls in a row I mean, in, the, in the haunted new Anne yes. with, the, with the ghost. Olive is watching what is from the stage. Yeah. She's a sweetheart, though. We've, we've hung out a lot, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we definitely have. You know, she definitely Gosh. likes the genie floor. That's for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, sorry. Yeah, you no, you're good. Watching the show. Yeah, we all watch the show. And the next day, we spend the full day audition right so in the in the morning we're we're doing we do the the scenes and they're laughing and i'm like oh that's great and then they say do the same thing do that again but do it later great because that, that was half the team then we all dance and i dance well then disney shows up right <laughs> then they're laughing and i'm like oh great they wrote this i'm so glad they still think it's good <laughs> and then we go home we go to go back to the to the room, and they call me that that evening, and they're like, "Hey, uh, how would you like to join the cast of Aladdin on Broadway?" That casual, and I was like, "Oh," um, and they said, "By the way, can we help you? And we can we help you out? We need to make sure that you're fit enough to fit through the hole." And I was like, "What? The, the hole in the stage? You know, the genie comes out of." So yes. they were like, um, "Well, can we help you out with that?" I said, "Yeah, surgery." And they were like, "No, no, no. We just need you to be you. Just you know." fit you great so that was september 25th and on october 11th i was on a plane headed to the biggest loser in the southern california they have ranches that you can go to that aren't televised oh right that you just go there and do the work but there's no film crew yeah so we have a 15 they're giving me 15 weeks to lose 35 pounds and I lost 50 pounds in 10 weeks. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was like, I was like, I feel like this is a realistic goal considering the circumstances, right? It is. But wait, this is wild. I didn't know this happened at all. Were you like okay with this? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> they were like, you can be in the Broadway show if you go take better care of yourself. I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so wait, what happened at the ranch did they because i've actually not watched the program the biggest loser in probably 20 years sure 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 uh well you know it is a regiment of eating and exercise and learning new things about food and learning new things about how to how to exercise and things like that so yeah they teach you basic things but also that's all you do you know you're exercising five hours a day uh, essentially. And so that wow. is. <laughs> well, that got you ready because then you had to literally run a marathon on stage. I was about to say it, it was, it was absolutely perfect, you know, for, for the Broadway grind, you know, cause b before being in Aladdin, the most, I mean, I, I think I'd done, done a pretty hectic schedule at Dallas theater center, but that wasn't for, you know, a full year. You know, or three years as as I did, <laughs> like it was not the same. So, so no, it, it was it was such a blessing to be shown physically what I was capable of because mentally I was already there. You know, I just needed some guidance, and so that sure. that's 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 what it felt like. It yeah, and after honestly after that, 
you know, I was like, oh, I can handle the two show. How long is the show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got <this. laughs> Wow. Okay, wait, I have so many questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, but I guess my I'm wondering, did any of those other guys Oh, I didn't even finish the were... story. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, did any of them get cast as, like, the standby, the understudy mm, mm. that you were at the audition with? Have you seen them again? Are they still out there? Yes. This is a great, great question. Okay, I will say that one of the men that I met, Frank Viveros, is on that day. So we auditioned that same day together. He is currently one of the standbys in the Broadway show. Oh, amazing. So, oh, yes, nice. he actually joined He joined the the tour. He, he joined the tour as a standby and then post pandemic was offered the standby role, one of the standby roles on Broadway. So, oh, so yeah, they, they definitely still got to live on. And it turned after that, they dubbed it. They, they started to do it again and dubbed it genie camp, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I think a lot of people went, went through, went through the trials for that because you know, the, 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 the genie is a special, special thing. So you, you have to have all, all the pieces plus that other thing that i and i and i and i don't i don't say this in a like to brag i say i think it has to be rooted in you in a way that is not teachable Mm. if if that makes sense you know like my connection my literally my connection to to the genie and the idea of him is so powerful for what it did it for me at, at the age that i was introduced to it that um that I, I just think it comes in a, a naturally in a, in, a, in a special way. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were absolutely dynamite in that role. We got to see it end of January, 2020. And so kind of towards the end of, end of your run there, but I, we, we all walked away with our, our a former editor, Maggie, we went and we were just so gagged by you. You, the energy <laughs> you kept up, the just everything about you in that role felt like it fit like a glove. And I, I had seen Aladdin before on the tour in Cleveland, and I remember thinking, you know, who else could play this role? But it's every genie is so different that it it becomes, you know, everyone has their own interpretation of it. It's it's just so brilliant. I love exactly that about it. I love that every person who sees the show feels that way. I'm like, gosh, nobody else could do that. You know, and I, I embrace it. I embrace it because if, if I'm the one doing it, that means everyone feels the same way about all of us, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. You are extraordinary. Oh, my God. Well, we're coming to the end of our chat here, but I just want to tell everybody you need to go see Jeannie's Jukebox if you're in New York, January 31st, because I feel like it's going to be amazing. Are you going to do like from Tarzan? What's the one that his mother sings to him? Are you going to do the, in the February show in the familial love? Mm-hmm. I just I feel like if I you already had this idea, I'm sure. But um, you'll be in my one? heart, right? Isn't you'll be song? in my heart. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the exclusive. We got the exclusive. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. So anyway, before we say goodbye, we like to end on a dose of drama, something we've been thinking about in the pop culture and arts world that's just on our minds and we just can't keep it in any longer. And I have to say, there is something that I am chomping at the bit to throw out into the ether. And I know Dylan doesn't watch this. and I'm not sure if Major watches this, but you know, at the time of release... The Real Housewives of New Jersey will be almost back on our screens. And let me tell you, I am ready for these women to be back in my life. I want, you know, it's it's January in New York. It's, you know, the pandemic is raging on, honestly, and like things feel bleak. And I just want to be at the Jersey Shore with my girls experiencing, you know, all the drama and the love and the, you know, it's a family show. It's about family. It's 
I need it and it's coming at the right time. So I cannot wait. Y'all, you got to watch Real Housewives in New Jersey. It's, I mean, it's really an underrated Bravo franchise. I absolutely love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I can't say that I watch it. That's totally fair. That's okay. I don't watch it either. So we're in the Ooh. same boat here. But wait, okay. Well, give me a show that you do obsess about. Ooh. You know what I'm watching is Q Force on Netflix. It's like an animated series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the, I mean, the LGBTQ team. Yeah. Right? It's like everyone, even all, every voice, I swear, is someone who's queer in some capacity. I love that. It's, yeah, it's really, and you know, even like heavy hitters, like Jane Lynch shows up and different people like that. It's really, Can you really say Wanda great. Sykes? Wanda Sykes, oh, of course, Wanda oh my Sykes. Gosh. Is it's, it's on my watch list. It definitely is. I love it. It's fun. It's I have so many episodes. animes to catch up on. Good. I can imagine. I'm sure. You gotta, you gotta keep your finger on the pulse. They're partially research as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes I get, can get a little burnt out because I'm trying to remember so many characters and partly based on things I could be a part of. Sure. As well. Uh, well, TV shows, things that I'm obsessed with, two things are strange. Uh, zombies. And zombies. heists. Heists. So yeah. I love heist movies and heist shows. I watch them. Like like Oceans? Like the Oceans series? All of the above. Um, yeah. On, on Netflix, uh, Lupin. Um, it's a, a, French, it. a French one. It's fantastic. I just finished the... The, the one that's been a world phenomenon, it's called Casa de Papel in its original language. But I think it's the, the heist, the bank heist or something like that. But they go, they go into a mint, not to ruin, ruin it, but I'm going to. Uh, they, <laughs> the, the bad guys or the good guys, they break into the royal mint in Spain and print their own money. And that, that is the heist itself. I think it's That's called Money fun. Heist, right? Money Heist. Thank yeah. you. Too many names. I've heard head. that so good. It, it moved me. It changed me. Yeah. I, I need to add it to my list. Everyone's been telling me to watch that forever. It's it's like multiple seasons, right? It is. It is. It's like in five yeah. parts, but all of those are, I think, like eight okay. episodes or something like that. You know what I, what we yeah. watched, so my boyfriend and I watched Arcane, which is like the League of Legends series. Yeah. It looks so gorgeous. Good. Is it good? It was so good. Yeah. And I've never played League, so and I, I still am super into it. So yeah, I haven't actually that's not something I've I've played either. I, I feel like I've I i want to say I'm picky when it comes to video games. What do you usually play on on Twitch? Uh let's see the well right now I'm playing Borderlands 3 mostly because um because you're yeah, one of my bigger characters, um, Clay, is in there. What's good, Vault Hunters? Smooth operator. He's a <laughs> he's my version of uh, Will Smith in, in Wild Wild West. <laughs> I love it. I, that is so fun. But um, I like things like like Assassin's Creed. And yeah. actually, look what I just got, though, that I think I'm going to play on the channel. Oh, fun. I found the original versions of Aladdin and the Lion King from like the 16 bit version from the Sega Genesis that I'm, I'm going to play that. I think, you know, it would be nice and nostalgic. That is the oh so my God. fun. That's perfect. Your fans will eat yeah, that up. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, this was worth the wait. Seriously, you are, you have such a great presence and it was just so nice to chat with you, Major. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. And you're just at Major Attaway on Twitter and Instagram, but at I Played Major on Twitch. Correct. And you can get, tick, uh, there's links to purchase tickets to the live stream and both performances for Texas and New York. Uh, New York is January 31st. Texas is February the 12th at majorattaway.com. 
easy. We'll put it all in the in the notes too, so everyone can click and snatch those up because everything's going to be different. So everyone needs to go check it out, especially if you're in Texas. I mean, how what a cool opportunity! That's right. With Tiffany, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, imagine us singing a love duet together. It's happening. The roof won't be. Standing, I want to go. But... <laughs> well. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you Major. So, it was so great much. to meet you. And everyone who is not following us, be sure to at the Drama Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, follow Connor at Connor McDowell, me at Dylan McDowell, and Connor. I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.